It's Thursday, January 23rd, 2020, day four of the impeachment trial of President Donald J. Trump, and this is Impeachment Today. Good morning. I'm Hayes Brown, reporter and editor at BuzzFeed News. And because fate is stupid, I'm fighting a cold in the midst of this impeachment trial, which, great. But the show must go on. Okay, today we're going to be recapping the first full day of oral arguments from the president's impeachment trial. So let's go ahead and dive right in. Wednesday was the first chunk of the 24 hours that the House managers have available to make their case for the president's removal. And to the senators in the room and the audience outside, they basically said, have a seat. Let us tell you a story. Once upon a time in a country called Ukraine. Okay, so it wasn't quite so old school, but the first day of presentations had a distinct arc, drawing on everything we've learned from the last four months to form a single narrative. Over the course of eight hours, which is what? two and a quarter viewings of The Irishman, the managers traced the story from the beginning, from the attacks on former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich, by Rudy Giuliani, who has been working for Trump. Why was this suspected career diplomat abruptly removed from her post? Why was she, in fact, urged by the State Department to catch the first plane home? That she was in danger, she shouldn't wait. At the time, the White House would not say... But today we know the truth. The truth is that Ambassador Ivanovich was the victim of a smear campaign organized by Rudy Giuliani, amplified by President Trump's allies, and designed to give President Trump the pretext he needed to recall her without warning. Mr. Giuliani has admitted as much to the press. To the July 25th phone call where Trump pushed Ukraine's president to investigate the Bidens and have Ukraine take the heat for interfering in the 2016 U.S. election, which they did not do, and how concerned that call made government officials. During the July 25th call, President Trump asked for the favor of these two phony political investigations immediately after the Ukrainian president brought up defense assistance for Ukraine. And the following day, Ambassador Sondland confirmed to President Trump that Ukraine would indeed initiate the investigations discussed on the call, which was the only thing President cared about with respect to Ukraine. To the withholding of nearly $400 of military aid from Ukraine that the managers say was secretly held up to pressure the Ukrainian government. As I explained last night, OMB has key documents that, the, that President Trump has refused to turn over to Congress. Key documents that go to the heart of one of the ways in which the president abused his power. Concerns about whether the administration was bending, if not breaking the law, contributed to at least two OMB officials resigning, including an attorney in OMB. According to Sandy, one colleague specifically disagreed with OMB general counsel about the application of the Empowerment Control Act. As I mentioned earlier, the independent and nonpartisan government accountability office has already said that the hold was illegal. But do you remember the OMB correspondence remembering the, uh, referencing the, quote, interagency process? As we now know, there was no interagency process. It had ended months before. They made it up. They had to make it up because they couldn't say the real reason for the whole. Now, for those of you who have been listening to this show from the beginning, it's a pretty familiar story. But for many watching, it may in fact be brand new. 
The managers made the most of the previous testimony from the hearings in the House, splicing clips to highlight certain moments throughout their speeches. And I gotta say, it is wild how smoothly they managed to fit everything together. Like, check how cleanly manager Val Demings comes in here after playing a clip from former White House staffer Fiona Hill's testimony. What did you understand him to mean by the drug deal that Mulvaney and Sondland were cooking up? I took it to mean investigations for a meeting. Did you go speak to the lawyers? I certainly did. Senators, as a former chief of police, I think it's quite interesting that Ambassador Bolton categorized the corrupt scheme, the pressure campaign, as a, quote, drug deal. I think that Ambassador Bolton was trying to send send us a very powerful message. A message that not only would the lawyers, the top lawyer, understand, but that every person would understand. Every member of the House, every member of the Senate, every member of our great country, every citizen. Man, it was almost like a podcast, but with video. Weird, right? But lest you think this had any sort of effect on the Republicans in the audience, well, Let's take a listen to Florida Senator Rick Scott talking to reporters during a break yesterday afternoon. All they're doing is going through process. They, because they don't have anything to do to, to attach anything to uh, Donald Trump, they just hate the guy. How long do you think they're going to go for tonight? I don't know. I mean, it seems like we've gone as long as last night. I think we went 13 hours last night. I mean, when it's, the, it's like the exact same thing. I mean, that, like every, they get a new speaker, they talk about the same stuff. And remember, this is, it's, the standard that they're, they're, they have is treason, bribery, high crime, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. And, and the, the result of this is they want to kick this guy out of office. They duly elected president. They want to overturn the votes of 127 million Americans. That's funny. Like, really funny. Since Republicans on the day before yesterday voted as a whole to prevent any new information from being brought forward to the trial. It also has the benefit of being a distortion of what's actually being said by managers during the trial. Lead manager Adam Schiff used his presentation during primetime last night to really hammer home just what sort of information is being left on the table if the Senate does not get new documents. This was Schiff after playing a clip where a top diplomat explained that he told the State Department about his opposition to the military aid for investigation scheme that Trump had cooked up. Now, in the State Department, sending a first-person cable is an extraordinary step. State Department cables are ordinarily written in the third person, as Ambassador Taylor testified at his deposition. Sending a first-person cable gets attention because there are not many first-person cables that come in. In fact, in his decades of service in the diplomatic corps, he had never written a single one until now. Taylor sent that cable on August 29th. Would you like me to read that to you right now? I would like to read it to you right now, except I don't have it because the State Department wouldn't provide it. But if you'd like me to read it to you, we can do something about that. We can insist on getting that from the State Department. If you'd like to know what John Bolton had in mind when he thought that Zelensky could favorably impress the president in Warsaw, we can find that out too, just for the asking and a document called a subpoena. When the Senate wrapped at 10 p.m., it didn't seem like many people present had changed their minds at all. But there's two days left for the managers to make their case. We'll see how that goes, I guess. And now, today's reading from our Nixometer. Well, I'm not a crook. This morning, we're at a 7.6. 
As the trial gets underway and her memories are refreshed about how clear it is that the president was involved in this scheme to get Ukraine to hand over information about the Bidens and launch investigations that would help the president, it's kind of demoralizing to realize that that does not really matter to the Senate unless they manage to actually vote in new witnesses and new documents, it's hard to see how 20 Republicans break rank and vote to remove the president. Okay, after the break, we've got some of the weirdness that happened both in and outside of the Senate chamber for you and a vibe check from the Hill. Stick around. Chief it. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. From Cavalry Audio comes the new true crime podcast, The Shadow Girls. I always wanted to know what it felt like to kill somebody. And he started laughing. Prosecutors described him as a serial killer savant. Picking up these girls, getting them in a position of vulnerability. When he got a hold of their neck, that was it. I'm Carolyn Osorio, a journalist and lifelong resident of the Pacific Northwest. I grew up near the banks of the Green River and in the shadow of the killer that bears its name. How many times did you bring the camera to One the river? time. Just one time. one time. He started fantasizing about having sex with his mother. Then he fantasized about killing her. But this podcast isn't only about tracking down the killer. It's about the victims. We stayed in the woods. He always liked to go to the woods. She was just, to all of us, kind of strange. You know how he feels about prostitutes? Listen to The Shadow Girls on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Being a real estate agent isn't about listing houses. It's about connecting to people. I need to find new buyers every day. So I promote my listings using radio commercials from iHeartAdBuilder.com. Now every time I have an open house... It's a full house. A custom radio ad from iHeart Ad Builder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com. Okay, guys, we're trying something new out today. A segment that we are tentatively calling, What the Fuck Was That?, It's where we go through some of the weirder moments, both inside and outside the Senate chamber, as the trial goes on. Now, the Senate chamber is meant to be silent during an impeachment trial, but uh, someone didn't get the memo. While House Manager Hakeem Jeffries was giving a presentation on the July 25 phone call between President Trump and President Zelensky of Ukraine, a ruckus erupted from the Senate gallery. Let me read it for your hearing. Today, President Donald J. Trump spoke by telephone with President Vladimir Zelensky of Ukraine to congratulate him on his recent... Senate will be in order. The sergeant-at-arms will restore order in the gallery. Notice how smoothly Jeffries transitioned into quoting scripture then, right back into his exhibition. And the scripture says, for the Lord loves justice and will not abandon his faithful ones. That's why he got tapped for this team right there. 
The man who interrupted him had apparently been arrested for protesting abortion in the Senate before. As he was led away by police, he could reportedly be heard to be shouting, dismiss the charges against President Trump, and Schumer is evil. So that's fun. Meanwhile, the president broke a new record today. En route back to the White House from a trip to Switzerland, Trump sent out 140 tweets before 5 p.m. yesterday. That is more than our audio engineer Dan says he's tweeted at all, ever. And as you can guess, all of those tweets and retweets from Trump were people praising him and or slamming the trial as a sham. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? To round this all out, we're going to turn things over to BuzzFeed News congressional reporter Addie Baird for a vibe check from Capitol Hill. So feel the vibe. Hello, Hayes and Impeachment Today listeners. This is Addie bringing you a vibe check from the Hill. It is about 10.15 as I'm recording this, and the Senate trial has concluded for the evening. So it was a much shorter day today than yesterday, thankfully. The vibe in the chamber was pretty studious, especially as they got underway in the early afternoon. I would say the members who are most studious were probably Senators Mike Lee and Susan Collins. They were really consistently taking notes. Even though it was a much shorter day, senators still got antsy by the late afternoon. You could see them getting up, doing stretches, kind of walking around the Senate floor, standing in the back. Interestingly, Dianne Feinstein left, was spotted leaving the Capitol about an hour before the trial actually concluded for the evening. So seemed like she was ready to go. Um, one interesting thing is I talked to a bunch of senators today about the fact that they can't bring their cell phones in. So I thought that would make them crazy, but a lot of them told me they really love it and that it's a great digital detox and a break from their phones. So I guess impeachment is self-care now. Thanks, Daddy. Glad someone is getting something close to rejuvenating out of this process. Okay, it's time for the latest edition of Trial Watch 2020. Today is day two of the House managers' time to make their case. Yesterday was all about the narrative. Today, it's all about the Constitution. That means we can expect a lot of talk about what is and isn't impeachable and many, many, many references to Alexander Hamilton. Hamilton the guy, not the show. Sorry to disappoint. And if you don't know, now you know. Thanks, Hakeem Jeffries, for that wisdom from Biggie, not Hamilton, like some thought when Hakeem Jeffries first said that. This has been Trial Watch 2020. Okay, that's it for today. Tomorrow, we'll have a recap of day two of the prosecution all queued up for you. Until then, I am going to go take a nap before the hearings start. Someone wake me up at noon. Thanks. Thanks to all of you out there who have subscribed. If you're listening for the first time or just haven't gotten around to it yet, be sure to subscribe to Impeachment Today on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go to hear my disembodied voice. And be sure to stick around as we all figure out how this all ends together. Being a real estate agent isn't about listing houses. It's about connecting to people. 
I need to find new buyers every day. So I promote my listings using radio commercials from iHeartAdBuilder.com. Now every time I have an open house, it's a full house. A custom radio ad from iHeartAdBuilder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com. Raffi is the voice of some of the happiest songs of our generation. Baby Beluga. So who is the man behind Baby Beluga? Every human being wants to feel respected. When we start with young children, all good things can grow from there. I'm Chris Garcia, comedian, new dad, and host of Finding Raffi, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Fatherly. Listen every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but my podcast, Checking It, has been nominated for the NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Lifestyle and Self-Help Podcast. I'm grateful for the nomination. I, I almost didn't even do a podcast because I was just wondering, there are thousands of podcasts out there and why is my voice needed? But a nomination from the NAACP lets me know that um, I made the right choice. And I encourage you to do, don't worry if there are thousands of something out that you want to do. No, nobody has your sauce. So listen, you can still vote. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 5th, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please listen to my podcast. We're a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking in. 